No matter how big your church or your budget ever gets, the sound never works. I have friends that pastor 20,000 people with million-dollar sound systems that don't work. So relax. Just be at peace. Jesus never needed one, ever. And He is still my standard. Look with me at Psalm 68. I'm sitting in a hospital room in December. And it's, it's this... And I, I think I got a chance to share once with you since then. Um, when they tell you you have stage 4 cancer, and it's, you know, in your tonsil and in your neck, and in your lymph nodes, and there's a tumor in addition to your tonsil, and that they really don't know what they can do, you know, you, you start really getting, what do I want to say, primitive in a hurry. What do you believe and why do you believe it? Who is God really to you? You know, is He the God that I've preached about for 30 years? But right now I need a miracle. This is life or death. Either God touches my body, or most likely I will die. Let me show you what God did for me. I'm sitting in a hospital room, and I'm thinking, you know, it's not right for Tracy to go through whatever, the next 30 years of her life alone. And, and somehow God, you know, my back's up against the wall here. Everything that I've been around the world and, and taught to people, I mean, I need to see it now. Listen to this verse. These verses that God gave me. And I share this in case you're here and didn't get to hear this before. In verse 19 of Psalm 68, here's what the Word of God says. Blessed be the Lord who daily bears our burden. The God who is our salvation. God is to us a God of deliverances. And to God the Lord belongs escapes from death. All I can tell you is I'm minding my business in a hospital room. And God makes a promise to me that I hold the power to escape death. Now here's the situation. They cut into my body. You can see the, the scars on my neck. And they take out my tonsil. What do you think they find? No cancer. They take out four lymph nodes. What do you think they find? No cancer. They say there are some cancer cells there, but there's nothing that's ever come together. There's no cancer. They do a biopsy on the tumor that they say they can't get because it's too deep. What do you think they find? No cancer. So what do you think they do when they take the next scan and look at the tumor? There's no tumor. We can't find the tumor. Let me just say this to you. God is to me a God of deliverance from death. That's all I know. I didn't write this. I'm not smart enough to write this. To God the Lord belongs escapes from death. You know, that's my word. And you know, it's interesting. I'm just, it was great to hear almost a synopsis 
of what God's been saying here over the next or the last, you know, several months. You know what my word is for you? Let me give it to you. This is the word, because I figure, you know, I'm going to just show up unannounced. I found out like Wednesday I'm coming. And I think I was able to, to, to try to track Jeff down by Thursday or Friday. Uh, I think we're going to show up. And, you know, I, I figure, you know, if nothing else, I'll take five minutes and share something with you. Let me give it to you. It's in Luke 10. Find it. Luke 10. Because all I can do is echo what's obviously been preached in here for the last several months. This will be a little bit different. Martha and Mary. Anybody ever read this? 38, Luke 10. They were traveling along. And listen to this. They entered a certain village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. She had a sister called Mary who moreover was listening to the Lord's Word. She was listening to Jesus seated at His feet. Martha was distracted with her many preparations. She came to Him and said, Lord, don't You care that my sister has left me to do all the serving alone? Then tell her to help me. you imagine that? Straightening Jesus out. But listen to this. Martha, Martha, you're worried and bothered about so many things. But only a few things are necessary. And listen to this. Really only one. This is a word I have for you. There's one thing necessary. You learning to sit at His feet and hear His voice. You know, it could be the difference between me being alive and dead. Or dying at this point. What is it? Can you... Shut it all down and just hear His voice. Not try to fabricate something and, and not some Buddhist, I'm going to clear my mind kind of thing and, and whatever. I'm talking about learning to walk with Jesus where you learn to hear His voice. And, and He would say the only, listen to that, only one thing is really necessary. One thing is necessary. That's us being able to hear what the Lord is saying to us. It sounds like, I mean, I just looked at that list. Obviously, a woman put that list together. It's much too complicated for any man. (laughs) Holy smokes. For me, I'm here to say, sit down Get quiet and listen. That's the extent of my imagination. I've never painted a picture in my life and it'll be a millennia or two before even that thought comes to my mind. Do you know how many songs I've written? You could write them on this sheet of paper. You know, some of us got so passed by in the creative giftings, that I'm going to actually ask what happened. Is, is Did I miss a whole turn going through preparation for life? Uh, never mind. Only one thing. Can I, can I say this? There's only one thing that really matters about you, and that's hearing the voice of God. 
Don't confuse going to church with sitting at the feet of Jesus because they have nothing in common. While you can hear God's voice in preaching and teaching and the fivefold giftings, that's what God has given someone to share with a congregation of people. Do you know what Jesus is wanting to do? Talk with you about you. What's the word God has for you? When my back's up against the wall, all I can tell you is God gave me a word that to Him belongs deliverance from death. And, you know, I hesitate really to talk about it. I've preached a few times, obviously, in the last few months. And I don't want to be one of these guys that prematurely testifies about God's healing power. This next month, I'm going to have some kind of a scan done on my neck. I'm believing God that they're not going to find a thing. You know, they say to me that, that it, you know, I'm, I don't know. We're working and, and doing good things, and, and God, is, His hand is on us, and I love it. But um, all I can say is I, I'm believing God in, in June to just get a clear report. And I'm telling you, I'm ready to attack the world in Jesus' name. And I don't know about you, I love winning souls. There's just, it's not works, it, it, it's not even effort. It's just a matter of, you know, Jesus, can I, can I just, let me take a minute. There are three great I will make you statements in the Bible. The first one is God's call to Abraham. Can you remember what God says to Abraham? It, it, it starts covenant Christianity between God and a man. What does God say to Abraham? I will make you a great nation. It, it's amazing. All Abraham has to do is hear that and believe that and begin to walk in what God wants him to be and do, and God is the power behind it. He's the force behind it. All Abraham has to do is listen and obey. I really believe nothing's changed. That fundamentally, God is wanting to make every one of us into something. Do you know the next time we hear that is in Matthew when Jesus says to His disciples, follow Me and I will make you. What does He say? Fishers of men. He's going to make this great nation. How many of you know God did it? He's going to take these twelve, at that point, men that are going to get this invitation to discipleship and eventually apostleship. He's going to make them fishers of men. Somehow, His heart, His love for hurting lost people with no hope and without God in the world, somehow Jesus is going to impart this into their lives. All they've got to do is follow Him. Be with Him. That's an amazing statement there in Mark 3. He ordained twelve that they would what? Be with Him. What does He want from us? That we would simply be with Him. That what He is would begin to get on us. That what He loves would begin to get on us. That what He hates 
would begin to get on us. That there would be a line of, of distinction and demarcation. Why do we live the lives we live? Because we love Him and are with Him and are listening to Him. And that directs everything about our lives. I'm telling you, if you'll get with Him, He's going to make you into something awesome. Can you think of the last great one? I mean, the whole Scripture... There's only one other time when Jesus says, I will make you into something. Remember where it is? The book of Revelation? Think about this. To him that overcomes, I will make him, what? A pillar in the temple of my God. I just real quick want to share this with you. I believe every one of us in this room is called to be either a pillar, that is someone that supports and strengthens others, or someone that fishes for lost souls. In ancient architecture, what determines the size and the beauty of a building? How how vast a building can be. Simply the amount of columns that can hold up the structure. You know what God's looking for? People that will hold up, support, empower others. Pillars in the temple of God. And He's going to raise up those that are going to go out and bring the others in. And I just fundamentally believe that that's what God has. And listen, He's going to make you. Get a hold of this. What does it take? Me sitting at the feet of Jesus, letting Him work on me, letting Him transform me, letting the cross work on me, let the cross prune me. It's amazing. I'll tell you right now what God's going to do. He is going to cut out of you everything that will impede your growth. And listen to me. He's going to breathe on you what you're lacking now. You're not what you need to be and you cannot make yourself what you need to be. He is going to make you. He is going to add what is missing from you. And to the degree that we will begin to allow Him to work on us and in us and we will obey Him... He will breathe upon us even more. He will empower us even more. And I'll tell you what it's going to look like. Jesus, in the midst of His people, men and women transformed from what they were when they walked in the door, whatever it was for me almost 30 years ago, into someone that is passionately in love with God, that just wants to fulfill His calling and purpose in their lives. Man, I tell you right now, I'm dreaming. I'm dreaming of, of what God has for Tracy and I in the next 20 years. I'm believing God for at least 20 more years. Maybe, maybe more. Maybe, you know, when I hit those 20, I'll, believe me, I'm going for more. But right now, it just seems so far out there. I'd like to have a good year. Just one at this point. In fact, in fact I hope I can live today well. You know what I'm saying? But I, I tell you right now, I'm seeing, I'm seeing harvest out there. Have I ever declared to you and in this church before this body that I am believing God 
If I say a number, some of you are going to say, he's all wrapped up in numbers. No, I'm not. Although there is a book of numbers, and when I look at the book of Acts, God seems hung up on numbers. He's over 3,000 here and 5,000 there. How do you believe that God could use us to win 100,000 souls before we die? I tell you right now, that's what I'm dreaming of. Can you imagine, you imagine being in heaven? And you brought 100,000 souls that God took somebody. When I got born again, I was a drug addict and a mess. And if we'll just listen, if we'll just follow, if we'll, if we'll do the one thing that's the most important thing of all, and sit at His feet and let Him, let him work on us, let Him work in us. Do, you know, He's going to blow your mind. Because, you know, you can't see what He can do in you. You can only see what you can do. That's why so many of us do so little. Because we can't do it. And we know we can't do it. And we miss the fact that He never asked you to do what you could do. He asked you to do what He can do through you. And I tell you, what could He do through you? Whoa. That's going to get pretty big now. That's going to be mind-boggling. That's going to be beyond what you can think or imagine. That's going to be glorious. That's going to be eternal. That's going to be a life well spent. In fact, a life invested, not just spent here on earth, but a life invested in eternity. I tell you, it was amazing. We went to India just a, just a couple months ago. The doctors are telling me, you can't go. You're going to get sick. No, whole villages came out and, and responded to the altar calls. It's too, you know, it's the normal. It's too hard here. They won't understand. Nobody ever responds. Don't tell me that mess. It's not based on my sermon. It's based on the Holy Ghost power and what God could do through somebody. I don't want to hear about how hard it is. You know, I just I don't believe it. You know what? You know what's hard? Cancer's hard. But guess who has the key to that? Guess who can deliver you from anything? See, you're catching me at the wrong time here. I I, I really believe in the power of God. I mean, like I've always believed in the power, but not like now. You understand it? You, know, you, you don't understand it. I don't understand it. Nobody understands it. God is awesome. He's bigger than all of us and bigger than anything we could think or imagine. What could He do here in Chicago with, 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 with you? With us in this room? My gosh, man. Pentecost time. Uh, we need the Holy Ghost bad, guys. We need the Word of God bad. We need the Holy Ghost bad. You know, if there's only one thing necessary that I sit at the feet of Jesus, I have a feeling that it's sitting at His feet, cultivating that intimacy. How, how do you, you know, what do you say about that? That's the Word of the Lord. That's the Word of the Lord. That's what the Holy Spirit is saying to the church right now in North America and around the world. It is time to shut down everything in this world and of the world so that you can hear His voice. Cultivate an intimacy with God. 
Again, I, I'm, I'm too male, wired too male. I, all this, again, everything on that list, it's just way beyond me. All I know is that if you pray and worship, and worship and pray. You know, worship is prayer. How many of you are worshipers? I mean, you actually, I don't mean you worship on a Sunday. That doesn't count. Listen, that's not a worshiper. You know, when I used to drive a dump truck 28 years ago or 29 years ago before I was in full-time ministry, I worshiped God. I actually made my own hymnal, the Jesus is Lord hymnal. We just sang one of the songs. Wow. When was the last time you, driving down the road, had an experience with the Holy Ghost and had to pull over because you're afraid you're going to hit somebody because your eyes are full of tears? That's worshiping God. Or going out for a walk in the morning or in the evening or you know, grab your, your wife or your husband or whoever and pray together. I don't know, is that coming through? I mean... Look, there is nothing more important. I, I, there's a whole bunch of... David says there's one thing I, I want, and that is to, to be in the house of God, to gaze at the beauty of His holiness. Man, that's awesome. Who comes to church to actually meet God? Not, not to go to church. Not because you don't want to disappoint you know, Jose or Frankie or Jeff or whatever. But you come to meet the living. That's David. What made David David? He didn't come to go through the motions. He came to meet the living God. Wow. Jesus says there's only one thing that matters. Paul says there's one thing I do. Laying, or just literally setting aside everything in the past. I press on for that thing that Jesus has called me for. You know, when you're sitting there in a hospital and you're thinking about your life, it's easy to begin to think about what really matters and what the priority is. Man, for me, it's to love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength. And to actually love my neighbor as myself. You know, if my neighbors are lost, what does that mean? If I love my neighbor, I'm going to reach out to him. That's not works. That's love. Come on now. Don't make me have to start amening myself. Because I will do it. Hey, it is awesome to see you guys. You're, you're going to see more of us. I deliberately sort of held back a little bit. I want to make sure we have real transition here. One of the things that drives me crazy are these pastors that start something and then somehow just they got sticky fingers. They, they can't let things go. I want to see what God does here with you guys. And I want to be part of it. There was a time and a season in my life where God sent me to Chicago. I was here for 24 years. They were awesome years. I love them. And I don't know, I don't know exactly what, what the next step is. How's that? Here's the, the quote-unquote man of God. He just doesn't know. That's right. He hasn't told me exactly what the next step is. But I'll tell you what it's going to look like. I'm going to sit at the feet of Jesus. And I'm going to love Him. I'm going to listen to Him. And whatever He says, I'm going to do it. How's that for a plan? I heard somebody ask me, what's, what's your plan? My plan? You, I, look, I was dumb enough in my 20s. I had a plan. I scrapped that bad boy 30 years ago. I have no plan. My plan is God. My plan is the Holy Ghost. 
My plan is the Bible. Wow. That's deep. You came tonight, I'll give you a deep message. Read your Bible. Pray. And do whatever He tells you. And He'll change you. And through you, change the world. And look, there's nothing more real than that. God is at work in you. How many of you realize God is the one that drew you out of this world? Do you think He's finished with you? So now look, some, let's get real. Some of us are still resisting, still rejecting. I get around pastors all the time and they say things like, well, I know the Holy Spirit wanted me to do this. It's like, dude, tell me that and I'm going to slap you. Because what are we doing, man? You, you calling the shots then, buddy? Who do we follow? Who do we listen to? Who is our God? It's the Lord. I shared this with a young man just the other night. There are three things in life you have got to know. Who called you? What He called you? And in whose power you trust. I'm going to tell you, all that's settled right here in this verse. Only a few things are necessary. In fact, he actually corrects himself. Really, only one. One thing is necessary. That you and I... See, this is real Christianity. Didn't Jesus say in John 10.27, My sheep hear My voice. Isn't that the essence of Christianity? People following God. Look, don't get, don't get hung up in anything else. And I don't care who you are now. The question is, what is He going to make you to be? And will you grab a hold of it? You're going to be a great nation. We are a great nation. That's something God's been working on now for thousands of years. He's looking for fishers of men. I don't know about you. Who wants to be? Who's deliberately asking God? I'll just be real. If you haven't asked in this last week for God to use you to win a soul, you don't have a revelation on this yet. And you need to get one. What's Jesus doing right now? Yeah, He's blessing His church and He's fellowshipping with His saints. But what is His heart right now for this world? Come on now. You know why we're here in Chicago? Because there's lost people here in Chicago. And we are the answer. That's scary. You are the light of the world. That ought to scare you. You're probably the only Jesus some people are going to ever see or ever encounter. I'll be real with you. If you're not spending any time with Him, then you don't have anything to give those people. Just you. Your, your pity... Come on. Spend some time with Jesus so that you can have some real love to give to someone else. Come on now. Let, let, let Him shed abroad His love into your heart so that's something you can pass on to someone else. That, that's sitting at His feet. That's getting His heart. That's letting Him form you and make you till Christ is formed in you. Can you imagine that? Man, I tell you what, God has awesome things. I pray for you guys, whether you realize it or not. This is a church of destiny. Can I, can I say to you, in 1994, I want you to really listen to me for a minute. I was on a mission trip in Jamaica. 
And I was praying. And the Lord spoke to me to go into Chicago and to start a church. And the promise He gave me is that it was going to endure until He came back. That it was going to be fruit that remains. That it was going to have eternal value and purpose. When I'm able to hand off the baton to these, to these men that are leading the congregation. Do you understand? We're not trying to make something happen. We're following the Lord Jesus Christ to the best of our ability. I hope you'll pray like you've never prayed before for these leaders, that they would hear God's voice and have the, have the boldness and the faith just to step out and do whatever He tells them. I remember when this church was more than 300 people. I come here tonight, I'm not discouraged or depressed. Churches have started out of this church. God is going to raise up and send out people around the world. There are mission teams around the world out of this church. You're going to do something significant. And I don't mean just in the sense of some big thing. Every life you touch, every day that you defeat the devil in your own personal life, every time you reach out to someone in love, every time you go to the cross instead of the bottle, every time you worship God instead of wallow in depression, you're building the kingdom of God on earth. And we need, to, we need to honestly value what God is doing in us and put ourselves in a position for God to do even more. Amen? My hope and prayer for every one of you is that you'll embrace the call of God. I'm the last guy on earth that would ever go into the ministry. And I, I'm still... I don't know. How do I describe this? Still waiting for the call? No, I've had the call. I've heard, I never forget, walking down, the, down this um, uh, river walk in Tulsa before I came to Chicago. I turned down the invitation to come to Chicago. Told them I'm not interested. And the Lord said, you never asked me about that. I said, but Lord, we're, we're rocking. We've got a good church and things are going well. I don't want to go to Chicago. He said, Really? I want you to go to Chicago. Oh, man. Chicago? That, that's like gangster city. Man. You, you want me to go to where all these, you know, you're going to get hit going across the street, man. We were over on Medill. There was a three-gang warfare going on. They were averaging like ten shots a day. You sure this is? This doesn't sound like where you want me to go, Jesus. How many of you know we don't call that? We just listen and we obey Him. Can I tell you, one thing matters, guys. Hearing His voice. Learning to hear the voice of God. Don't, don't, don't make anything else your standard. Becoming a church of 100 and 200 and 500, that's not the standard. Going and doing this evangelistic meeting or that one or raising up this team, that, no, that's not the standard. Walk with Jesus. Can I say to you that, that I, I am a generation, I guess, in a sense. I mean, my kids are all in their 20s. I guess Lauren's not, but she's, she's getting there. 
my my kids are having kids and getting married. We're on grandchild for Samuel number three. It's awesome. A generation comes and goes. I believe in God for, for more time. But man, it's time for every one of you to take your place. You are God's choice. I mean, I know that's hard. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna struggle with that. Every one of you. From Jeff to anybody else in there, you're going to struggle with that. Am I really God's choice? The question is, what did you hear? Have you heard? Have you taken the time to hear? I don't care. I'm not asking you, what can you do? And I'm not even asking you, who are you tonight? Whose are you tonight? Will you take who you are and really place it into His hands? Well, look, we heard it. Let's get practical. How do we do it? Right here. Daily. One day at a time. Get up in the morning and get into the Word of God. What blows my mind, I'm going to just close with this. Now that I quote-unquote have been dealing with cancer, we're dealing with all kinds of people that have cancer. But you know what I'm finding? Nobody has a word. How do, you, do, do I know a different God? Is there a God of Steve versus a God of someone else? Does God not care for them? Does He not speak to them? It's not in the hospital that you need to pick up your Bible. It's right now. And it's the next 15 years. And it's the next 20 years. I was strong as a horse in my 40s. You know what the problem is? I'm not in my 40s. (laughs) Never mind. I'll let you guys work on that. You need to hear God's voice. We, we, every one of us has the capacity. That, that's the amazing thing. If he, listen, get this thought. If He invites you to sit at His feet, what does that really mean? You have the capacity to listen to Him. And if God speaks to you, you have the capacity to be used by Him. The, 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 it took me, listen, it took me 25 years to understand that if God makes a promise, in that promise is the power to accomplish it. If God says, be ye holy, what does that tell me? I can be. Because He's going to make me that. He's going to give me that. If He says, follow me, I'll make you. Whoa. Yeah. Let's do it, man. That's what I've been telling God. Yeah! Let's go, man! Although I don't call him man, I call him God. Let's, let's do this thing. You know, I don't have any money. I don't have any of this. I, I, how many of us are really good at what we don't and can't do? I bet most of us are almost like PhD level. You could sit down with Jeff and go head to head. I can't do this, I can't do that, I can't do this. Shut up. We know it. We know you don't. That's okay. Settle it now. You can't. But guess who can? Yeah. When I'm sitting there in that hospital room, I can't heal myself. But guess who can? Guess who does? Guess who is 
Jehovah Rapha, the God that healeth thee. Come on now. It's time to get on it, guys. Reuben, what are you going to do? We need to talk, brother. We got tent meetings. Eric, we got tent meetings to do. I don't know what you guys got going. But I'm here to do some serious recruiting. Don't you dare waste the summer. We're going to go win souls. Come on now. That's right. Father, get them. Get them all. Get them all. Glory to God. Come on. Come on.